Hey, this is Phil. And before we start the podcast episodes, I'm going to send out an SOS, not a save our ship or save our show, but I just need a little bit of help and I really do need it urgently. Listen, I got to create a bunch of podcast episodes in a very short period of time because I'm not going to be able to do podcast episodes weekly or record them weekly coming up. We'll still publish them every week. The show will go on and everything will continue as normal. But right now, during the recording and editing process, I need to just compress the time frame up front. So I need help in one of three ways. The first way, send me your podcast episode ideas. Something that it was either we talked about a long time ago or something is that we didn't cover yet. Something you'd like to hear. And if you can send maybe a couple of bullet points, that would help get the podcast episodes written. You can email me, my first name, phil, P-H-I-L, at scannerschool.com. Number two, ask me your questions. This will help me on our monthly Ask Scanner School session. You can go to scannerschool.com slash ask, submit the form, use the SpeakPipe link, or dial 516-308-2885, which is probably the best way that you can ask your question for the podcast. Number three, the final way that you can help, and I think it's probably the most beneficial and the, the most fun way that you can help me out here, is come on the podcast episode and be a guest. Go to scannerschool.com slash guest. That's G-U-E-S-T, scannerschool.com slash guest. Be a part of the podcast. We'll sit down, we'll have a conversation, we'll we'll go through what it is that, you know, whatever it is you want to talk about, about the, the scanner radio hobby, we'll record it, it'll be casual, laid back, it goes to an editor, there's no pressure to get it right, it's a good, fun time. And if you know of somebody that would be a good guest, please invite them on the podcast as well. Thank you so much for the help. Again, I just need a little bit of help getting things recorded and edited in a very short time frame. This podcast isn't going anywhere. I just have to work it into my schedule at the moment. Thanks again. Now let's get on to today's podcast episode. All units stand three. It now appears as though shots are being fired. All officers use caution. It has been confirmed. Suspects are armed and are firing at police. Building fire. Hey, welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this podcast is here to help you with everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. The session notes from today's podcast can be found on our website over at scannerschool.com slash session 241. So this is an Ask Scanner School podcast session where I answer your questions. And you can submit your questions by going to scannerschool.com slash ask and filling out the form. You can use our SpeakPipe link or you can give me a call. Actually, you can leave me a voicemail, 516-308-2888. Eight, five. When you use that number, my phone doesn't ring. It goes straight to a, uh, an answer service. It's a Google Voice line, basically. It goes right to voicemail, so you don't have to worry about calling me at 2 a.m. or 2 p.m. You leave a question, and then I'll answer it right here in the podcast. Again, 516-308-2885 or scannerschool.com slash ask. Now, if you're listening to us live on the first Tuesday of the month, We'll also be live on YouTube, I think Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, maybe another one or two. I don't know. (laughs) But we'll be live on social media, and you can ask me your questions in real time. We'll answer them. So make sure you subscribe to us over on YouTube. Again, scannerschool.com slash YouTube. So you can catch us live on the first Tuesday every month at 8 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Of course, replays are always available over there. And if you're a Patreon supporter at the extra credit membership or higher, you can join us for our monthly meetup, which follows the YouTube Q&A session. And last month's session went till about 10, 15 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. So it was almost 
two hours and change by the time we were done with everything. We had a really good session that time. And uh, again, you can come and go as you want during those Patreon sessions. You don't have to be there for the full term. And that happens. We see people come and people go and some people stay the whole the whole session. But it's a really good time and definitely I would love to see more of you over there as well. But we've got quite a number of Patreon supporters. And again, I want to make sure I thank them right now. So I want to thank my Patreon supporters and they are... Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill K, Bob Milton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pascoe, David C, Danny Crotty, Dylan Hyder, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, I Hate Junk Mail, Jack Haycock, Jack Berry, James Broxson, James Spelling, James Peruta, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeo, Jenny Taylor, Jim B, Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, John Cordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Mike Lopez, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Paul Seish, Randy Lee Wright, Raymond Hill, Rich Palmieri, Roger Stenstrom, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Terry Wright, Tim Mazza, Ted Glundy, and William Arcand. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's jump into our very first question of the month. And as a reminder... If you use our SpeakPipe link or our local number, again, 516-308-2885, I put you in a running for a free tutoring session. So let's see who's our first contestant on who gets a tutoring session for this week's podcast or this month's podcast. Dan, you're first. Go ahead. Kia ora from Auckland, New Zealand. It's Dan here. I've got a question about listening to scanners from inside apartment buildings. Uh, It's rather annoying with all that concrete around. I live in an apartment in sort of the central city here in Auckland, and uh, I'm particularly interested in listening to Airband. Now, I found a product which you'll be able to Google online uh, just by searching Airband Apartment Aerial. That's how I found it. And I was just keen to hear if anyone else had used a similar product or this product, or if you had any advice as to how I could possibly improve the airband reception from within my apartment. I don't live close to the airport, so I don't expect to hear everything. I'd just like to do my best to be able to hear what I can hear from this part of town. I don't own the apartment, so I can't make too many adjustments but I'd like to, like I said, do what I can to be able to listen to it. Thanks so much. I love the podcast, and uh, hello to all of your listeners, and I look forward to hearing your advice. Ka kite. So Dan from New Zealand, thank you so much for listening to the podcast, and yeah, I'd love to answer your question. In fact, we really got to do a whole podcast episode on just setting up a station in an apartment. I think that uh, that was probably one of my very first ideas for a podcast session. We are like 241 episodes now into it, and I have yet to talk about that. So you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm, I'm actually writing down on a sticky note as I'm, as I'm recording this, and I'm putting in big words here, apartments. And we are going to get that on the schedule and get a podcast episode about apartment setups before the end of the year. In fact, you could probably find that in next month's rotation. So stand by for that podcast episode. So here's what I did as I followed your advice and I went on to Google and I did a search for aviation apartment aerials. And I saw a couple of different links. I'm not exactly sure which one you're looking at, but we'll go through a couple of them right now on the podcast. We'll kind of, I'll describe them to you. And maybe the one that I'm going to describe here or one of the few I'm describing are the ones you were looking at. I'll give you my take. And then based on what I recommend, you can kind of reverse engineer the answer to figure out what will work best for you or which ones will fit. So we'll take a look at what I'd be looking at basically and then, you know, what, whatnot. So, you know what? Let's do it that way. Let's look at what I would look for in an antenna for aviation that would have to be hidden or, or kept indoors in an apartment. So the first unknown variable here is whether you're a ground apartment, subterranean, or in like an apartment complex, right? Are you below grade? Because that's really going to affect what you can hear. Are you at grade, right? Are you a ground floor apartment? Or are you a second story or higher apartment, right? So 
The answer is going to be a little bit different if you're at grade or below grade. So if you are in a basement or a below ground apartment, I would say do whatever it takes to get your antenna outdoors, right? Because outside, even at ground level, is going to be better than what you have in your basement, especially when it comes to aviation. Let's break down why. Because aviation is simplex. It's point to point. There's no repeaters. So you want to have a clear view of the sky to really maximize what it is you can hear. You also want to try to have a better success rate of hearing the tower because your air traffic control tower is going to basically have what you want to listen to. Clear to land, clear to take off, taxi out to runway X, Y, you know, one, two, three, whatever it is. But there's more than just that to listen to in the aviation band. And there's more than that you really should be listening to because every plane that flies overhead is going to get directions when they cross through different zones of navigational or, or, or airspaces. Let's put it that way, right? There's different communication towers or different communication zones, basically. For most of the time, the pilots aren't on the radio. They're not. They're just not on the radio. When they really do come in, though, and the frequencies you are going to have the most amount of traffic on are arrivals and departures. So as long as you can find arrival frequencies and departure frequencies for your area, that's where you're going to find a lot of the traffic. And again, you may not hear the actual center, but you'll hear a lot of the airplanes because they are going to be up there 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 feet. And we're going to hear line of sight, right? So that's where we're going to hear a lot of their stuff. So being that you have an airplane that's up there pretty high, the footprint is going to be pretty big. So the ability to receive something is going to be greater, right? So if you're basement level, cellar level, below grade, whatever term it is you guys use in New Zealand, right? To say that somebody's got an apartment that's below ground, try and get that antenna outside, whatever it takes. So if you've got to go to the local home center and get a five gallon bucket or whatever you guys call gallons, right? Uh, a five liter bucket, right? Whatever it is that, 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 you know, the shop buckets, fill it with gravel, dirt, concrete, whatever it is, put a small mast in there and get an antenna on there and then get the coax inside your basement window, your apartment window. Now that could be done very simply by getting maybe some, was it the, what's that window? The, the plexiglass, right? The plexiglass, the, pla- the plastic window, right? The plastic, clear plastic material, the plexiglass, what we call it here in the States. And you may be able to put a small hole in the plexiglass to run the coax through close the window onto the plexiglass so the plexiglass is now in the window frame and sandwiched in there and then you can then rig that window with a piece of wood or something so that nobody can open that window now the plexiglass is in place this now prevents you from having to drill a hole or anything like that mfj enterprises is a website you can go on to look for. They actually have those pre-made. Again, we're going to now, we're, we're kind of advancing through the top podcast topic that I was going to talk about. But that's, if you're below grade, that's what you could do to get an, get an antenna outside. If that's out of the question, get an antenna in the window. So whether it be something that is uh, suction cupped or something like that, that gets, the, gets you to the window is better than not being near the window. On your first floor, again, same story applies. See if you can get something close to the window. Whether you get something outdoors or not, doesn't really matter really too much unless you've got lead glass. But you want to get something near the window. When you go to higher floors, higher stories, higher levels in an apartment complex, not so much. Still keep things near the window as much as you can. But it's not really critical then as, as you go up. I, I, my, my whole thing is get it near the window. 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 All right. What do I look for in the characteristics of an antenna? This is the key part right here. This is something that no matter what we look for on these websites, this is what I want to see. I want to see an antenna that will pick up the aviation band. So something that picks up from, say, 115, 118 to... 125 megahertz, 130 megahertz, something that is in that window, that frame, right? Was it? Was the aviation go up to 136? So there we go. We want something that's from like 100 
in teens up to 136. That's the sweet spot we are trying to receive. Some antennas may go slightly higher than that, right? You may see 118 or 160. You may, as long as it's in the sweet spot, right? If you're looking for an amateur radio antenna, that may also be really good in aviation, but it may call out 140 to 100 and uh, 140. Right, 140 to 148, right? Because that's here, at least in the States, that's the two-meter amateur radio band. And that's all they're going to advertise. But you want something that's going to work in that frequency. And don't get something that's broad spectrum, like a discount antenna that says, oh, uh, 138, or, you know, 440, 800, 43 megahertz, right? All up and down the band. You're going to want something that's specific to aviation are specific as possible to aviation because what we want is gain gain is your friend here it's the key to everything it's the key to everything working because you're going to be indoors you've got what we call attenuation right you just you said it yourself you've got these concrete walls in your apartment and that's going to affect signals coming in. Well, how do we how do we how do we get over the loss of construction with gain in the antenna? Same way we get over loss of coax, loss of splitters, and everything else, we make that up with gain in our antenna. So that's the big deal. That's why I'm saying find an antenna that is for the aviation range, but specifically. Find something that has gain there. The more gain, the better. Now, the other thing is you don't want something that's got direction. You don't want something that's a Yagi or a log periodic or something like that. You want an omni antenna, basically a stick, right? Now, if you have something like that, you should be able to hide it behind a curtain, in the corner of the house, something like that, right? Try to find something that doesn't have radials, Diamond antenna makes great antennas, but I believe that their shorter antennas, even their bigger ones, for VHF and UHF do have three small radials that come out the bottom of the antenna. While really it's not going to hurt you, it's going to make it so you can't put it flush against the wall. It's going to make it so that you've got to put it in a corner or it's going to be harder to hide. Okay. So I like diamond antenna. I use them on my house, right? There's other options out there, but radials at the bottom of the antenna you're going to need them they're part of the design if they're part of the antenna so if you're going to find one see if you can find one without radials so let's now we got my criteria right it's got to be vhf aviation band it's got to be an omni antenna and it's got to have gain let's look for those three things when we look at antennas what we find on a google search so when i do a google search for airband apartment aerial the first thing I get are ads at the top of my screen. So I clicked on a couple of those ads because why not? I mean, they're advertising. But I also found my very first search, which is the one I really think is the one you wanted me to look at, was from DPD Productions. Now, again, it could be different because I'm in the U.S. and you're in New Zealand and my search results may have different results than yours. But the first one I come up with is dpdproductions.com. They've been known to make some really great antennas and they have a VHF Airblade indoor antenna, which I think is what you're looking for. This is tuned for 118 to 137 megahertz receive, right in the sweet spot. It's got 2.6 dBi of gain. We've got our gain. It's less than half an inch deep, so it's flat. It's thin. Okay, it's it's good. We can hide this. We can hide this behind a curtain. We can. Probably stick it with uh, suction cups to our windows. This may be a really great solution for you. I think that if this is what you were looking at, I think that this is something that you can go with and be happy with. Let's assume it's not, though. Let's assume that this DPD production antenna was not what you were looking at. I found a couple of other solutions here. One of them was on DX Engineering, which is a U.S.-based website. They've got this Cantenna. I kind of looked at that and closed the website up really quickly with that one. Amazon has got this AirNav VHF airband antenna. Again, the AirNav radar box store is probably reputable. But again, what we want to look at is our receive, right? This says it's got 118 to 136 megahertz antenna 
right in our sweet spot. They're claiming 5 dBi of vertical polarization. Okay. We got gain here. It's vertically polarized, which cameras would want. We can hide this again in a window. It basically looks like it's a cylinder tube with their bumper sticker on the side of it. It does come with coax. And we could again probably prop this up in a corner or tuck it into a uh, an area of the house that it's not really going to be easily seen. So I think that's another great solution for you as well. There's another one here that I'm seeing that's like Sporty's Pilot Shop. I wouldn't recommend this little antenna. It's a horizontally polarized. Looks like it's supposed to go in the window. So it lays horizontal. I wouldn't go with this at all because, again, you want vertically polarized as well. So... Whether or not the antenna that I have found is the antenna you were referring to or not, I'm not sure. But again, I think you've got the criteria that I would be looking for to make a really good purchase with no matter what it is you're finding. So again, to summarize the three things, or maybe now the four things we're looking at here, is we're looking for it's tuned to the aviation band. We're looking for gain. We're looking for the fact that it is an omnidirectional antenna. And we are looking for the fact that it's vertically polarized, which means it stands up and down. So with that, I think that whatever you buy will work really well for you. Again, the closer to the window you can get it. If you happen to be able to get it outdoors, fine. But um, yeah, play around with it. It's a great hobby. And again, walk around with your scanner too and see how well it works outdoors with just the antenna that comes with the scanner. Because again, aviation is, is fun. It's one of these things you can do pretty much wherever you go. Dan from New Zealand, thank you so much for asking your question. And uh, hey, if you're up for it too, shoot me a line. Maybe we could talk about what it's like to scan in uh, in New Zealand. I think that'd be a really interesting podcast topic. So if you're up for it, please fill out the form over at scannerschool.com slash guest. Stand by too to the end of the podcast because we'll find out if uh, you're a winner in this week's tutoring session. So we're going to move on now to the next question. And we will say, uh, Alan. Being that your question is also aviation-related, why don't you go ahead and ask your question? Hey, Phil, it's Alan in San Diego. I've got a Uniden SDS-200. I'm very happy with it. I live way, way out in Thule's out here in or about uh, 10 miles southwest of the Mount Palomar Observatory, so we're kind of way out there near Riverside, about 150 miles southeast of Los Angeles give you some idea. Anyway, I have an SCS 200 and I'm trying to learn how to set up a scan for the aircraft band, say 118 to 136. How do I scan that frequency base over and over again? The challenge that I'm having is when I do it, it just goes through 118, it goes 120s, 135, and it keeps going 136, 37, 38. It doesn't go back to 118, which is what I want. I just want to put it on a loop so I can constantly scan from 118 to 136. Any help in that area would be most gratefully appreciated. So once again, my name is Alan, A-L-A-N. Thanks, Phil. you got a great show. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Hey, Alan, I'm glad to, to hear from you. Thank you for asking your question. And again, aviation seems to be the theme of this week's Ask Scanner School session. So yeah, the SDS-200 is a little bit of uh, an interesting little uh, radio. Now, I'm going to I'm going to say this up front, and I, I, I should have said this to Dan as well. So Dan, I don't, I don't remember what radio you said you were using, but um, the SDS-100, SDS-200 really it, – it, it didn't really fare too well when it comes to receiving aviation. Let's put it that way. I, I really don't use mine for aviation, but from what I'm reading online, the VHF side of the house is really lacking – when it comes to receiving on that radio. So I don't think this is part of your problem. I'm just putting it out there. But let's go through it. How to set up the scanner so that it goes from 118 to 136 and then doesn't keep on going to 140, 150, 160, 170. That we can loop back around. Very easy. Very simple to do. We just got to follow a few very simple steps here. Okay. What we want to do is we want to set up a custom search. Okay. You might have done this already. You might have gone into the scanner and set up a custom search. The steps to do that, very simple. You go into your menu, 
you go into search for, you go to edit custom, and you pick any one of these 10 lists here that you want to edit. It runs zero through nine. And again, you can do this in Sentinel. And this is something I advise too. If you're going to do this from the keypad in the scanner, read your profile back with Sentinel. Because the next, if you don't do that, the next time you write to Sentinel or write from Sentinel to the computer, to the, to the scanner, you'll wipe out this. So if you can do it from the scanner, read from read it with Sentinel. If you can do it from Sentinel, then push it to the scanner and you'll be all set. But I'm giving you the directions in order to do this from the keypad of, of the scanner. You should be able to figure this out basically from editing your profile in Sentinel by going to the search settings and you'll see the grid there in order to do that. So you're going to pick any one of these, these 10 custom lists. So what you'll want to do optionally is set a name. You want to call it aviation, go for it. You can leave it as custom zero if you want. I mean, as long as you know what it is, that, that, that's perfect. What you want to do, though, is you want to go into edit search limit. It's going to say set lower. So enter the lowest frequency you want to put in there. 118.0, right? 117.0, whatever it is, right? The lowest frequency that it is that you want to monitor. Hit enter. Then it's going to say set upper. And at this point, you'll do 136.995 or whatever it is that you want the upper limit to be. Okay. At this point, we've set our low and high. We've set our bookends. We've right. We've set our limits. We have some optionals that we can set as well. We can set our delay time. Delay time basically means how long after transmission is over do we want to resume searching. We can set our modulation. Auto is the default. Auto may work. But if you want to have a little bit more control over this, we can set it for AM. Digital wait time. How long do we want to let the scanner wait on an active transmission before it realizes, hey, I'm not a P25 or a DMR or an XDN digital signal. We know we're going to be monitoring aviation here. Set the digital wait time to zero because we're not going to be picking up P25 in AM mode from an airplane. You can also set search with scan, which basically means that you can have your scanner scanning your favorites list and then go through this search from, from bottom to top and then go back into scan. So that's something you could do too. You can also assign a favorites list quick key to this search range. So you can easily toggle this off and on. Or you can also set one of the three search keys on the front keypad of your scanner, right? Search one, search two, or search three if you wanted to. So now you've got your settings set up in the scanner so that you've got your modulation, your digital wait time, you've got your name, your lowers, and your uppers, right? Here is where I'm thinking that you probably are having your problem is you've got all the other search ranges enabled. So go to custom search, start your search, it's going to start 118. It's going to start going up. But what you want to notice is while your scanner is in search mode is that you can see on the top in the corner of the screen, it's going to say search 01234567789. What does that mean? That means that all 10 search banks are on. We got to turn those off. So imagine that this scanner is not an SDS-200 or an SDS-200 or a BCD-436 or anything else, and that it's a standard scanner from yesterday that we all used to just hit scan, and then while it was scanning, we would just hit the banks with the numbers on our keypad that, re that related to the banks that we wanted to toggle off and on. It works just like that in our custom search ranges. So if you set this up in custom search zero, then while you're in search mode, just press 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 to disable ranges 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Hey, I can count. <laughs> if you put them someplace else, yeah, obviously you're going to disable all the other custom ranges that is not the range that you want to listen to. That, that is the key. That is where I'm thinking that you just didn't get all the way to the finish line with this. Make sure you've disabled the search banks in custom search mode so that the scanner does not keep going beyond 136.995 or whatever it is that you set as the ceiling for your search range. I went through these steps on my scanner and it went right from 118 to 136, 118, 136, all the way up and down the line and just kept on repeating. As soon as I added another search range into it by unlocking the bank, boom, it kept on going. 
Hopefully this helps you out with that. If not, Alan, give me an email back and let me know how you make out with this. Again, Alan, stand by because at the end of this podcast episode, we'll find out if you or Dan are going to win a free tutoring session. All right. We're going to take a quick pause here for some brief announcements. And for anybody who is a patron, $3 or more supporter will not get this break and also gets the podcast early. You can support us by going to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. For everybody else, we'll catch you in just one second. Hey, did you realize it takes us almost $100 a week just to have this podcast episode professionally edited and sent over to you? This doesn't even include website and podcast hosting, administrative help, and other monthly subscriptions that are required to put the podcast out there. Now, you can help us offset these costs when you shop online. So if you're looking for a scanner radio or some software, looking to bid on items over on eBay, or if you're looking to purchase anything, and I mean anything, on Amazon, you can help support Scanner School in the process. And this doesn't come at any extra cost to you. So please check out scannerschool.com slash support for the multiple different ways that we have out there that you can help support us when you shop online. Again, scannerschool.com slash support. Are you looking to learn more about the scanner radio hobby? We currently have courses on how to get started and up and running with software-defined radios and how to turn your SDR into a fully functioning scanner radio. With free software, you can see more and do more with trunking than ever before. And with new courses scheduled for the upcoming months, our offerings will be expanding into both Uniden and Whistler hardware and software. Check out our courses at courses.scannerschool.com or by looking for the link in this podcast description. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues, too. Visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issue and sign up today. Did you know that a pager can make a great addition to your scanner radio collection. And even if I didn't own East Coast pagers, I still have one or maybe a couple of pagers as a part of my scanner radio setup. This is because a pager can be used to just monitor your local fire department or your regional departments. And if you set it up correctly to alert you when the tones are sent over the air, then the pager will remain silent until you need to know what is going on. This frees up your scanner to monitor everything else that's going on besides your local stuff or can prevent you from missing the local stuff because your scanner is busy doing other things. Now, pagers aren't just limited to fire dispatches anymore. Unication has great solutions to monitor both analog and P25 paging systems where many public safety and police departments are switching over to. Swiss Home and Apollo make great analog solutions as well, and all three still sell Pogsag and Flex pagers, still in use by many departments for text alerting. East Coast Pagers is an Apollo, Swiss Home, and Unication dealer serving the North American market, and of course is one of my online companies. So if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, contact us for a free quote and let us know you're a Scanner School listener for something a little extra with your order. For our full inventory, or to request a quote, or just to contact us, please visit eastcoastpagers.com. All right, you know what? Let's keep with the aviation theme here. Ray from Rhode Island, go ahead with your question. Hey, Phil, this is uh, Ray McGinnis calling uh, out of Rhode Island. So here's my question. I've got multiple radios. I have a um, SDS-100. I have a um, HP 436, uh, 436 HP. And then I also have a um, 396XT, all units and radios, as you well know. They're all great radios. I love them all for a variety of different reasons. They have their pros and their cons. So speaking of pros and cons, I'm finding that I'm trying to expand my uh, my, my listening uh, pleasure, so to speak. I guess I'm expanding my horizons, looking for other things to monitor besides just local public safety. I'm looking to monitor like military air bands, commercial air bands, things like that. I'm just trying to see what's out there, and I've, and I've got these saved in my favorites list, and they're in my radio, 
But my radio seems deaf. It never picks up anything. You'd think that with like maybe the military is a little quiet in my area because it's really only the National Guard. There's no active duty bases here. But with um, with my you know my local airport, TF Green, uh, the call sign is P, uh, PVD for the airport. I'm not hearing anything from the commercial airliners ahead. And I actually live two miles, about probably about two miles away from a smaller state-owned and run regional airport. The North Central Airport, and um, I think it's legally it's in Smithfield, Rhode Island. I don't even hear anything from the small planes that are flying. They literally fly over my condominium building. I don't hear a peep from anybody. So I don't know if it's something I'm doing wrong, the way I've got it programmed, or something I'm not doing in the scanner or whatever. So like I said, so the the two scanners that I would be trying to listen to any of this stuff on the 396 XT, not so much right now, but I will be. I use that when I fly my drone. And so I will be putting the uh, favorites list in there through Butel once my friend teaches me how to use it. I'm using Sentinel to program the other uh, unit generators, the, the SDS-100 and the 436 HP. So I'm just wondering if you can give me some tips on how to get the most out of my radio, what I might be doing, what I might want to change, any corrections I might need. So that's pretty much it. I could probably come up with 97 other things. I just can't think of them off the top of my head. Hey, Ray, great question, and I'm really sorry that the uh, you hit the limit on uh, the recording threshold there, so we didn't get to, to hear you uh, finish up your question, but uh, but yeah, you know, you got those 97 other questions, so hey, anytime you want to ask another one, go ahead, this was a really great question. So, aviation, in, you're in Providence County, I, I grabbed that from... Uh, from Smithfield, what you said there was what you were near. So, so listen, again, like we talked about a few minutes ago, right? The SDS-100, SDS-200 really isn't the greatest when it comes to VHF reception. I don't, I don't really think that's part of your problem because, again, you would definitely hear something. I know that uh, you're also using a 436 and a 396 XT. And we did go back and forth in email a little bit. You're not really using the 396 too much. But uh, here's the deal, right? Aviation's a funny bird. Oh, man, that, that really was a bad pun. It wasn't even like – I don't even mean to do that one. But anyway, listen – no editing, right? So it's very short transmissions, right? So if you're if you're trying to monitor mill air, you're really going to have to set up your scanner just to monitor mill air, and it's like a needle in a haystack type of situation. The best thing really to do is have a set of known mill air frequencies, scan them, and then have a search bank set up to do everything else. Really what a lot of people do when it comes to military aviation is they've got a couple of radios set up and they will uh, search through a, a small chunks of the bank or they'll uh, they'll uh, you know just just go through the known frequencies. And again, you can find a lot of these out. If you go to radio reference and you go into there's a there's the mid-Atlantic mill air thread, which is um, it, it may be in the Maryland forums or something like that. It's 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 like probably one of the most active threads on radio reference and there's a lot of stuff that you can pull out of there now again yeah it does say mid-atlantic but don't forget a lot of these military airplanes they don't just stay in one spot right they travel up and down the eastern seaboard so even where i am on long island i can pop these in and i can still hear a lot of these frequencies and again a lot of these mill air channels too they're used all over the place, right? There's a, there's, um, there's a couple of them that you will definitely hear activity on. Again, outdoor antenna. Antenna on your house or, well, you got a condominium, so that may be out of the question. Again, follow the suggestions I gave to Dan. But again, you may hear stuff outside too. So that being, brings a question, right? What kind of antenna are you using? Are you using the antenna that came with the scanner? Probably not a good idea. Are you using an antenna that's for 800? A very bad idea. You're going to want an antenna that is for VHF. Again, you're going to want something that's got gain in it. But I think we're using handheld antennas here, so things kind of change, right? You could, you could still use the antennas I recommended to Dan. You would you know, screw them into the top of your, your antenna or, or, or on your handheld, and, and you just use the handheld as a, as a desktop, basically. But that may help you out there as well. 
one of the questions is too is are you hearing anything else in your scanner? Are you hearing public safety? Are you hearing NOAA weather radio? Are you hearing anything? Right? Just troubleshoot. Make sure you don't have your attenuators turned on, those kinds of things. You didn't say if you're using a favorites list or not, but if you're using a favorites list and something you set up, make sure you've got aviation turned on and enabled in your profile or you're not going to hear any aviation whatsoever. But again, aviation is simplex. It's point to point. It's airplane to ground, ground to airplane, airplane to airplane, ground to ground, right? Military is very short, very short transmissions. So you will have a high probability of not hearing anything because there's no squelch tail. There's no repeater, right? There's, there's not a lot of stuff you can listen to. Now, let me back that one up. There's a lot of stuff you can listen to. You just got to be lucky sometimes in actually being able to hear it. Now, when it comes to commercial airlines, because you can have the most success rate on that kind of stuff. How do we find the best stuff to listen to? Well, the first thing I went to is I went to Providence County in the radio reference website for Rhode Island, and I found PVD, right? This uh, PVD tower, PVD ground, PVD app departure. So those I would put into my scanner. Again, make sure they're programmed in as AM. Again, tower, ground, you probably won't hear much on ground uh, if you're too far away from the airport. Approach departure, you should hear. Clearance, you probably will hear. Tower, you may or may not hear. Because again, approach departure is going to be the airplanes in the air coming in or leaving, right? And they're going to say, move on to probably North Central on 126.35 or 124.35. Listen for that because that will tell you the next frequency that these airplanes are going to go over to and what the next control center will be. So with that said, try 124.35 because looking at airports in the Providence County, I can see that that is the North Central State, the NFZ clearance and delivery frequency. You also have Unicom over on 126.35. Beyond that, you're also going to want to monitor the Boston Air Route Traffic Control Center frequencies. How do you find those? Well, if you go to Rhode Island as a state, over on the right-hand side, you're going to see, when you go to Rhode Island itself, you get a picture of the, of the state. On the right side, you're going to see at the very top, it's going to say Boston ZBW Air Traffic Control Center. Put all these in. Just put them all in. Okay? Again, you're going to have highs and lows. Highs will be airplanes that are above a certain altitude. I forget what it is off the top of my head. But again, these are Connecticut, right? Maine, going through here, Massachusetts, right? These are the centers, New Hampshire. You got Calverton, New York, which is down here. Kingston, Islip. But again, the, these are where the, the centers are, not necessarily where the transmitters are. So put these in. Scan these frequencies. See if you hear anything on here, okay? Just put the scan list together and only scan this. Don't scan this with public safety or anything else and let it go. Let it go. You may find out it's busier during certain times of day than it is on other times of day. You may hear that the frequency is quiet for 20 minutes and all of a sudden it pops with activity for an hour and then it's quiet again. Aviation's weird. It's different. It's not like public safety at all. It's very, it's very structured. It's very quick. It's point to point. It's no squelch tail, no repeater. They're on there. They're off there, right? So you're going to want to set these up with a little bit of a delay time in there so you can catch both sides of the transmission. But I think if you can iron through, again, this Boston ZBW Air Route Control Center, we'll put this actually as a link in the session notes. Let me go ahead and I'm just going to put that in right now with my uh, with my script for my podcast episode so I don't forget to add that. I'll also add in the, um, this, the other one we talked about here for the airports in the Providence County. So you'll have a link for that as well. And... Uh, We'll have that so you can refer back to it. Let me know. When you start popping these in, let me know how you're making out with adding this all in there. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think you should be able to at least hear something when it comes to aviation. It, it's a different kind of listening, but it's also very fun and very rewarding. Best of luck. Again, be in touch. Let me know how you make out. Great question, and thank you again. Stand by, because again, we'll find out if you are the winner in this month's Ask Scanner School tutoring session. All right, we have got one more question in the queue. This one is not aviation-related. Greg, go ahead. 
The floor is all yours. Hello, my name is Gregory Williams. I'm questioning if I have a Uniden BCD325P2 and I'm not getting any communication. I cannot hear anything. I sent it in about three weeks ago to have it checked out, but uh, it's still not working. Need help, please, immediately. Thank you. All right, Greg, really sorry to hear you're having an issue with your BCD325P2 and not picking up any communication. So you did say you sent it away, and then you got it back. It's not working. So we have to think about, is it still programmed? Is, is your antenna jack still working? Right? Did it break in transit? Stuff like that. Are you able to hear anything? Anything at all? No weather radio to start with. That would be a good indicator that your receiver itself, right? The antenna connection might be broken if you can't even pick up no weather radio. See if your programming is still valid. So what I did was, right, Greg and I, we emailed each other back and forth a little bit. He lives in the Baytown area of Texas. He monitors police, fire departments, and other agencies, and he wants to make sure that he can listen to them. So going back towards the programming, make sure that your antenna is seated on properly, right? The, BA, the BCD325P2, it's got a bayonet-style connector. you got to turn and twist. Make sure that you've got a decent antenna. I would recommend something that's tuned for 700, 800. But the wild card here is that you are on the TX Warren system and it's P25 and it's simulcast. There are a lot of sites on here. And it's funny because I also went on radio reference into the Texas area. I did a quick search just for Baytown. And there are quite a few people who are asking how to monitor Baytown police and fire. So... Basically, it comes down to the fact that you need to put in the East simulcast site, which I believe is the the Houston Public Safety East simulcast site is what they call it. It's 700 megahertz, but it is simulcast. And that could also cause a problem with your scanner. You've got the 325P2 in a simulcast area. It's a nightmare. So you were saying it was working before. I don't know if Baytown made any other changes did they get off of a conventional dispatch channel and go over to this tx1 system anytime recently did that change did somehow the site you were listening to get locked out did you all of a sudden now get other sites enabled and now you're listening to these other sites and you're missing the baytown transmissions but go through your programming make sure you've got the east simulcast site programmed in Make sure your talk group list is up to date on your programming. Make sure your attenuation is not turned on. Make sure you can hear something. Make sure you can hear anything. Set the scanner up for no other radio. Make sure you can hear something there. It may come down, though, unfortunately, that because this is a simulcast issue, I would say go back and listen to the simulcast podcast episode where we go through how to kind of trick the scanners into working in those areas. But you may need to look at either a software-defined radio. And again, I got a free course that can get you set up on that one, courses.scannerschool.com. Or you may need to look at just investing in an SDS-100 or SDS-200. I know they're expensive. I know they're kind of hard to come by. But you may find that something like that may work out better for you. They're definitely on on eBay. They're on the classified sections on Radio Reference. People are selling them. I'm not saying that they're selling them because – they're a bad radio. It may just be that they didn't need it. They bought it because it was the newest radio. They realized they're not using it. They really don't need it. Maybe their PD went encrypted, right? There's other reasons why possibly these people are selling their radios. I'm not saying it's a bad radio. I, I really do enjoy my STS-100 and 200. You would have to rip it out of my cold, dead hands, basically, right? But I can say that about most of my scanners. So that may just be a solution. The other solution, and I'm not saying this because I sell them, but even a Unication pager may help you out because it's simulcast. All right. Really great question, Greg. Wish we had a very solid answer for you, but that's what I'm going to suggest you do. Check your programming, check your programming, check your programming. Make sure it's not simulcast. Make sure it's the East site that you have in there and let me know how you make out. All right. So with that, as a reminder, we'll be live. If you listen to us live, we'll be live tonight. 
the first Tuesday of the month. We'll be answering your questions at 8 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. I am available, again, for tutoring for anybody that needs extra help with your scanners. You can book me by going to scannerschool.com slash tutoring. And I definitely need to ramp up podcast recording and production. Again, the podcast isn't going anywhere, right? We're going to continue to do this. I just really have to compress the time that I, that I sit down and, and record these. I can't do it every weekend. So I need to make sure that I can get as many, as many of these done as possible, batch recording them. And it's a lot easier and faster for me to write these podcast episodes and get them going if I can get some help from you guys. So again, ask me your questions. Email me, phil at scannerschool.com. Go to ask, scannerschool.com slash ask. Use our speak pipe button or our voicemail number 516-308-2885 come on the podcast be a guest scannerschool.com slash guest these are all ways that you can help me keep the podcast batched process so i can record a whole pile of them and schedule them so that i can work on other projects for you guys right i want to do more youtube i want to get my course finished i want to move on to other courses right and and that's really the only way I'm going to be able to do it is if I can compress doing these podcast episodes into one or two weekends a month as opposed to doing them every weekend a month. That's really what it comes down to, guys. I got so much I want to do, and I just need to have the time to do it all in. All right. Well, let's pick a winner, right? I mean, come on. So I have a random number generator open in front of me right now. I went to Google.com, and I typed in random number generator, which brings up Google's Random number generator. In the max or the min, I put one. And in the max, I put four. And we are going to go through the people who submitted questions in numerical order. So just to refresh everybody's memory, Dan's got one. Alan's got two. And then we've got Ray with number three. And then we've got Greg with number four. So let's go ahead and press the generator button five times just to make sure we have a good number here. So we go one, two, three, four. Five, And it comes up with number two. So number two was Alan. Alan, congratulations on winning a free tutoring session. Please reach out to me and I will give you the coupon code to use when you book your session so that you don't have to pay for it. Again, if anybody wants tutoring, go to scannerschool.com slash tutoring. And again, it's how I can help you directly. We use Zoom. I can see you. You can see me if you want, if you're camera shy. That's fine. We don't need to be on camera, but I can see your screen and I can help you with your computer and I can help you with the programming or I can answer some questions for you. A lot of stuff we can do in that hour time frame. So thanks again, everybody, for listening to this podcast episode. Make sure you share this podcast with others that you think would benefit from this. We will catch you all again. If you're catching us live on Tuesday, we'll catch you live tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern U.S. time on YouTube, or you can always go to YouTube and catch our replay. We'll catch you all next week. 73, my name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur radio call sign is W2LIE, and my GMRS call sign, WQXJ920. This is Scanner School, where we answer all of your scanner radio questions. 73.